Hey, my friends, welcome to the show. On behalf of Disciple of the City, I'm Todd Carlton, and this is the Toddcast. Season 1, Episode 4, Part 2, The Conclusion of Sean Jones' Story. Just give you a quick recap. Sean's wife and baby were deported from South Africa. She can't come back to SA. He can't get into Canada. He's super depressed and now living with his brother on a farm road far from town. A youth pastor comes to the door and asks to pray for him and ask him if he'll fast with him for a week. Now let's get back to Sean. And uh, and I replied to him, I said, look, man, <laughs> sure, I'll fast with you. I mean, I was, I was barely eating as it was. And so abstain from food and drink. And, you know, we do this for, for a week, he said to me. Uh, let's fast for a week and let's see if God will, will answer us. And so I agreed to it and, uh, and he left. And, uh, oh, man, I, afterwards I realized that I didn't even ask him his name or his phone number. Um, how are we going to track with this? Like, is, you know, who checks in on who if, if we're fasting correct? Like, uh, I was a little frustrated at my stupidity at the time. But I just agreed. I thought, well, he'll probably follow up with me at the end. And uh, so I'm going to do my part. I'm going to fast. Uh, you know, I really wanted to give God every chance to to answer my prayer. And so I remember we started fasting on the Monday. And uh, then I'd started, you know, wondering, oh, did he mean like a week? He said, let's fast for a week. Did he mean like a business week or <laughs> the five, five days? Or <laughs> was, uh, is this five-day week, seven-day week? I wonder what he meant. Like, anyway, I fasted and uh, Monday to Friday – and uh, nothing happened on Friday, so uh, a little frustrated, and uh, I thought, okay, well, he probably meant a full week, like including the weekend, so I fasted for the Saturday, and I fasted for the Sunday, and uh, Sunday evening came, and uh, there was nothing, you know, no good news. I was also very frustrated because this youth pastor did not even reach out to me. He didn't come back to me. He, uh, you know, he just, he said he was fasting with me. Let's fast for a week. And I didn't hear from him. And uh, on Sunday, I was pretty angry with God again because this just felt like another letdown. But what I didn't realize is home affairs, it's Sunday. Home affairs is not open on a Sunday. And they're not going to call me on a Sunday to tell me, hey, God answered your prayer and you, your wife can come home. But that news did come on Monday. Home Affairs called me and uh, asked me for a meeting at their office, which was shocking to me because I had not had any communication from these guys except bad news. And uh, and you'd not been checking in with them on a regular, they just called you sort of called what me would have been randomly out of the random blue? Random out of the blue, they called me. And uh, I, I was really scared, excited, Nerve, like I didn't know what to feel because I was thinking, is could this be like could this be good news? Like could this be God answering my prayer? Like I went into Home Affairs and I actually took one of the reporters with me to uh, document, you know, the story exactly from the mouth of the Home Affairs officials, and because I was expecting bad news, we sat we sat on the table in this uh, in this office and. Uh, 
the gentleman at the time, Mr. Lekay was his name. I'll never forget him. He came into the office and uh, he he really felt my pain and he wanted to fix my problem. And he said, look, explain the story to me again. And I gave him the detail, told him about this lady that um, did not give us the correct information. He knew exactly who I was talking about because I was able to describe this woman and, and which office she worked in. And he seemed to know of similar problems in, in the past. And so he actually admitted to, okay, this is, a, this is a mistake or a fault made on our part. And we will fix this. Uh, he asked me to give him 48 hours to have my wife's um, status reinstalled in, for South Africa. And uh, So now how, how long, how much time has elapsed from when she first got sent out of the country without your daughter till now this was uh coming up to, to 10 months apart yeah oh. 10 months when when i met with these uh when i met with the home affairs official yeah and uh, and he told me he needed 48 hours to to have my wife back or permission at least to, for her to come back and uh i just i just wept like a baby because well, firstly, I was kind of in a weird place. I was terrified because I just realized, oh, my word, God actually answered my prayer. Like, God is real. Like, he got, he's got to be real because I've suffered for 10 months without, you know, without any progress and questioning everything. And when I questioned God and asked him if he's real and for him to show himself, this, this is what happened, right? And uh, I went home and I told my brother and... Uh, Still a little angry that the youth pastor didn't come back. But then after some time, um, I decided I'm going to go and find this guy. I mean, you know, like how dare he come and tell me, hey, let's fast together. And you don't even come back. I, I can't even share the good news with you because you don't even come back to check. So I was pretty sure he lived on one of the 10 houses because it's, it's one street, man. It's a, it's a crazy place where my brother was living. It's literally one street and mostly farm workers that just live on this one street um and so i went door to door knocking and uh describing this guy because i knew what he looked it was easy to just to describe what he looked like um and every single house that i knocked on all 10 houses they all said the same thing to me and we don't know who you're talking about there's no one that by that description that lives here and uh Right down to the last house on the street, uh, I got the same answer from everyone. And then a slow walk back to my brother's house at the top of the hill, um, I started to consider that maybe, just maybe, this guy wasn't a human. Like maybe it's possible, you know, sometimes people laugh when I say this, but I truly believe that I probably encountered an angel who who came to me in, in, in a desperate time and uh, helped me bridge the gap, you know, between God and myself. And, and, and that's truly how I felt, right? Like I really felt like I can knock on a hundred house, a thousand houses. I'm not going to find this guy because I don't think, I think God sent him. I mm. really do. And your, your story was in the media, but the media wasn't giving your address yeah. where you were living. It wasn't exactly. even your house. Yeah, no, the, they never gave any personal info out so this guy oh. just rocked up at my house on my doorstep and uh, 
seemed to know about my story and uh, asked to fast with me and uh, yeah and I, wow. and I never heard from him again that's a, that's a, that's incredible it's incredible really made me feel special because um not only did God answer my prayer, but I really felt like, wow, man, uh, the creator of the universe would go to that length, you know, to, to, to bring me back, you know, back in, in, you know, into relationship with him. And I got to tell you, man, we, we, I got my wife back in the country as soon as I could, because I was thinking, oh my word, before they changed their mind, let's get her in. Let's like, we rallied money together and, uh, we were able to fly her back into the country with my daughter. And I'll never forget, I said, look, first thing when she got off the plane, I'm like, we're going back to church. We, we are, you're not going to believe like what I tell you, like we are going to church and we're going to serve God. And that's what we did, man. Faithfully been serving him ever since, like just living to, to serve him. Yeah. Now she's so excited to see you now. Had she been praying at home too, or when you guys reconnected and you shared this story with her, it blew her away as well. And uh, you know, her heart was so much warmer towards God than mine, and uh, she was excited because I now had this encounter, and I was interested in God for the first time. You know, and since she had met me at least, and uh, yeah, we started serving at church and. Uh, it was weird. Um, I didn't really have a place, so I didn't find a a fit. I, I was awkward in church. I, f- you know, those early days in faith where you feel, you know, unclean and and not worthy to be sitting in, you know, in the pew. And you know, I want to sit right at the back so no one notices me. I, you know, I went through all those early stages of my faith, and uh, I would eventually come to to meet some people men in my life that would call me to a small group and have more opportunity to uh, explore faith in you know in a small group setting and I'd have a lot of growth in in these areas and uh, the more I embraced identity and and uh, uh, trying to figure out what is my calling what is my purpose um, you know I got frustrated uh, at a point in my faith, in my journey, because I felt like my rugby uh, had since ended. I'd, I'd had that accident, and uh, uh, I, I was no longer playing rugby, and uh, I was a very successful sales guy in, in the company I was working for, but I truly didn't feel like I had a place uh, in the church, like I didn't know where God could use me. It felt like God had a calling for everyone except me. And, uh, I really went on a journey. Uh, <laughs> I call it a journey, but uh, I'll tell you, man, I think God must have really got tired of me. I was a nagger. I just nagged him. What is my role? Give me a sign. What is like, you spoke to me once, talk to me again. Like, what is my calling? What's my purpose? Like, where, where are you going to use me? And, and, these, this was the sort of sign of my prayer all the time, you know, just just never, just always pushing him and praying for this and asking for this. And I always say to people now, be sure before you pray that prayer, be, you know, because you, you might hear what you don't want to hear uh, in that season. And, you know, that, that, you know, that could push you away from your calling. And uh, I think God, to silence me, he eventually... He would answer my my prayer. 
after many years of serving him in the church and you know so you're you're working she's back you're working like you got a job somewhere you guys have a house where and you're going to church in this small group yeah so when izzy came back from this big ordeal um god really answered so many prayers for us we felt we were walking in a blessed era with god you know um uh, I'd, I'd got a very good job um, working for an international company uh, in sales, a company called Hilti, Hilti South Africa, and uh, uh, I sold construction equipment. And wow, man, God just blessed me um, immensely. Um, we were renting a place at the time, uh, very difficult to buy a property in South Africa, uh, a very expensive country to, um, you know, to get into the housing market. So we were still renting at the time. Um, Izzy was back with um, Asesha and uh, uh, we started our life over again in South Africa and uh, yeah we we were back in church and uh, serving him Isabel was a worship uh, a worship leader and uh, and I was uh, back in sales and uh, you know we served in the church uh, but I, I really never felt completely fulfilled like I felt like I was missing something. I felt like God could use me for something more than wheeling a camera around on a Sunday. And, uh, and yeah, I, <laughs> I would be praying for many years, um, you know, for God to reveal what he wanted me, you know, to do with me. And, um, we had in the, you know, in the back of our minds, we had always planned to go back to Canada eventually. And, uh, I applied in 20, in 2009, I actually think, I, yeah, it was 2009, I've asked my company for a transfer, you know, to move internationally from South Africa to Canada. And uh, it was um, it was difficult because they didn't really transfer salespeople. Uh, it was more for management posts that were transferable. And, and so for me, um, they made a deal with me and said, look, if you, you know, if you do very well for us in this year and this year and... Uh, you know, 2010, we'll consider, we'll consider, you know, trans, you know, giving you a transfer. So we thought, oh man, God's answering our prayers here and, uh, you know, God's going to give us an opportunity to, to relocate as a family from South Africa to Canada. But, uh, that was, that was not to be, you know, in 2010, um, 2010 rolled around and, uh, it was, we started having the beginning of that financial crisis where, um, uh, you know, where recession and, and things was happening around the world and big banks were closing. It was just terrible. Um, people were losing their jobs. Hilti came to me and uh, retracted their offer for a transfer. They said, look, there's no way we could transfer you to Canada. Um, Canadians are are not employing right now. They're letting people go. You know, there's no opportunity to move. And uh, we were crushed because we had been trying to get into Canada for a number of years at that time, at that point. And, uh, you know, we were just very uh, discouraged um, and, and felt like, wow, man, God keeps closing these doors. Like we, we praying about this and, and we serving him and we, you know, we, we would love to go to Canada and we asking God for an opportunity to go to Canada, but it just seems like he was closing all those doors. And then it's incredible when you release something, you know, when you just stop, and, and you give it to God. And that I think that's what happened, uh, I think, especially with Isabel. You know, we sat down as a couple and just agreed on, 
look, our prayer life is not going to include God. Please, can we go to Canada any longer? You know, we just completely released that and said, Lord, we obviously have um, a mission here in South Africa or we, or we need to be used by you where we are. And uh, if that's not Canada, then just, you know, close that door, but use us wherever, you know, you, you see, you feel fit for, you know, for us to serve you. And uh, that's what we did. We served them in South Africa from 2010 till midway 2013 for another almost two and a half years. We served them and, uh, and then it happened. Um, (laughs) first through a prophetic word from a friend, a farmer, who lived about two hours away from us. And uh, this friend, um, uh, Renee and Madeleine are their names. And uh, Renee is a farmer. And uh, they were very close spiritual uh, friends of ours. You know, in our early faith days, we we used to rent an apartment below their house. um, And uh, – in the early days of coming to faith, you know, this couple was incredible and, and they taught us so much and we had a lot of questions and especially my wife, um, they really were spiritual parents to us, um, in that season and, and remained very close friends of ours. And God get given, God had given Renee, uh, a, a vision of what he would do in Isabel and my life. And, uh, I'll never forget Rene was so, so excited. He was so excited to share that with us. And uh, we drove all the way up to their farm to go and visit them. Um, it was around Christmas time. And uh, man, I <laughs> we didn't even have a chance to get a cup of coffee. We got onto the property there and outside to greet us. And they just shared it right there. And then in the garden, they just told me. And, he said, and Renee said, look, you guys, oh, my word, God is so good you're not going to believe what he showed us. And, and he showed us, uh, Isabel, he's going to restore your singing career. You're going to be singing for God again. You're going to be worshiping because uh, Izzy had taken some time off from worship uh, after having a very negative experience with uh, a fellow worship leader in the church. And uh, it really scarred her. And, and she had sort of put down that uh, beautiful gift of hers of singing and uh, and stopped uh uh, you know, singing on worship teams and, uh, and Renee in the vision said that God showed me you'd be back worshiping him again in worship teams, you know, worshiping in front of thousands of people. And, uh, and Sean, you're not going to believe this. Like God showed me, he said, you're going to plant churches and work for an organization, you know, that, uh, that's going to reach thousands and thousands of people like, you know, using testimonies. And I, I don't know, man, I just, uh, you know, that's what I was praying for. Like, God, show me what you're going to, show me what my calling is. Show me what you want me to do. Like, what is my, what do you, you know, what is, what is my thing? And so when Renee shared this word with me, I just didn't receive it. I was just like, are you kidding me? I'm not, a, what? Planting churches? And speaking to thousands and thousands of people, like you, what are you growing on this farm, man? I, I remember <laughs> laughing out loud. I felt so embarrassed because it wasn't respectful, my response to him. I laughed like I thought he was joking and, and I laughed out loud. And uh, 
Uh, it wasn't very respectful. I, I felt I regretted it immediately, but I just didn't understand why he would say something like that. You know, it was so like I was a I was a backseat pew warmer at that time when I received this word. You know, I would uh, still be in church, feeling a little shame for my past and and feeling um, unworthy of being in the building. Uh, still struggling with a lot of identity stuff and and uh, and then praying all the time for God to show me what my calling was and then he did and that, it terrified me mm. absolutely terrified me and uh, I thought to be honest I just I really didn't believe it I thought this guy it was so ridiculous and so far off like I was thinking like there's no way man I'm not a pastor I don't have a a theology degree i'm not like i'm i'm not a billionaire i can't plant like what are you talking about like this is so crazy and uh oh and a part of this vision was was also that all this that we're talking about would happen in canada god showed um renee that he was about to open the door for me to come to canada with my family i think that's the only part of the the prophetic word that and and what he said to my wife that I appreciated uh I was like wow man that's amazing didn't believe you but it's amazing and and we went home that day thinking man I'm I'm so sad about what happened to Renee he's finally gone cuckoo like the guy's the guy's not well that was crazy what he just shared with us like that's not gonna happen and uh I tell you man a few months later we got the call from my company and they said, look, if you're still interested in Canada, we want to let you know there's an opportunity. And if you want to transfer to Canada, it can happen as soon as three months from now. Wow. And I don't know if I was excited or happy or, or terrified because that was the beginning of this word, right? This prophetic word that my friend had shared. He said this would happen in Canada. And now God answered this. You know, we weren't even trying to go to Canada anymore. Canada just fell on our lap. So we said, yes, um, absolutely, we're interested in, in a transfer. And uh, the company went forward and, um, you know, they went they went ahead and, and prepared the the move for me. And uh, there was so much favor, Todd, in this move. There, You know, bills were covered that weren't supposed to be covered. God covered everything, like, you know. Flights and all this kind of stuff. The flights were the only thing we paid for, but lawyers' fees, um, transfer, uh, um, you know, the there was so much expense um, besides just the flights. You know, the cost of, of shipping my, my my personal belongings, everything was just taken care of. Um, the flights were the only things that uh, that came out of the cost of my pocket, and uh, and. I was told that I had to pay for everything, but I didn't. And, you know, that was just, we were amazed that God would, would do that. We arrived in Canada and, uh, yeah, it was incredible, man. It was really tough. I, I don't want to lie to you, man. That first year in Canada was really tough. Um, you know, I had to find my feet. I had to figure out the Canadian way. <laughs> I had to start I'd, drinking Tim Hortons. Yes, Tim Hortons. <laughs> I had to learn what a double-double was. <laughs> But uh, yeah, the first year was really, really difficult because you know we'd never seen snow before. And, uh, and where were so, you? Where were you living? Where did you locate to? Um, we moved to uh, Burlington, Ontario, and uh, company was in Toronto. Was the, it Mississauga uh, or something? Yes, my territory where I was working was downtown Toronto. Um, 
uh, we spent about two, three weeks just looking every single day for rentals. No one would rent to us because we had no credit because uh, we were new in the country. And uh, I think we got turned down about 20 times from different real estate people. And uh, eventually I, I tried to go uh, beyond re- uh, realtors and, and go direct to homeowners and, and I managed to get an appointment to look at a house in Burlington. Um, he was a policeman and uh, I told him I couldn't give him credit because I'm new in the country. And he actually turned me away. He turned me down and I begged him. I said, please, sir, I just don't know what we're going to do. Like we've got two more days left in the hotel and I, and, and I don't have a place to live. Like you have to help us out. And uh, Ralph is his name. Great guy, man. He He turned us down. And um, he couldn't sleep that night. He was burdened, man. Holy Spirit was working and uh, and uh, touched his heart. And just, you know, he called me back and said to me, Hey, man, I know I already turned you guys away, but I don't know what happened, but I just can't, like, I, I can't, I have to give you the place. You know, write me a check for, post dated for six months, like for each month. And you can have the place. The place is yours. And uh, yeah, and uh, and so we finally got a place to stay. And uh, that first year was tough in Canada. And uh, I, at the end of the year, was in a very difficult place, fighting for my job, trying to keep my work. And uh, did you guys find a place, a church here yes. to get plugged into? And did you get any more prophetic words? Did somebody <laughs> else speak a prophetic word over you? Well, we did find a church. Um, we were able to. We, at first we really struggled we we couldn't find anything that was similar to what we experienced back home and we really wanted to have that um community feel of church and uh uh we didn't find we just found many many different churches that we visited was just not our fit and uh eventually we settled in uh, we 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 googled one of the fastest growing churches in in Canada and uh the Google search came up with this church, uh, Elevation, Elevation Church, and we saw a short clip of this guy, Stephen Furtick, running up and down a stage screaming, and, and there were loads of people. Really low energy. <laughs> <laughs> he seemed like a crazy guy, and it was a big church, and, and uh, man, I, th- we got excited, and uh, we said, okay, let's go and check this place out, and uh, uh, Google gave us an address, and Sunday we, we popped down to the address, and I was like, this is a school um, how do they get hundreds and thousands of people in a school like and i realized oh it's a satellite campus yeah. and the uh, uh I, in the beginning i was a little disappointed but powerful you know, preacher we got inside and we just experienced god in that uh, building and uh and that became our home church and uh it was great man it was a church of 300 people in a in a school hall and we worship you know God on the weekends uh, all through the week but uh, we encountered uh, a, a really beautiful community on a Sunday and uh, that was the beginning of um, church for us here in Canada but you know all this time in that first year I think God gave me time to settle in but year two and onwards like year two was was starting to get more comfortable I was doing really well at uh, at my job and then I started to meet people people would start crossing paths with me and um, 
the kind of people that would be in the church planting business, right? Like um, church planting missionaries would just randomly bump into me and introduce themselves. Hey, I'm so-and-so, you know, from church planting organization. And I'm like, oh, my word, great to meet you. I got to go. <laughs> got to get out of here. Because I could not believe that. So was it just the one prophecy in South Africa or did somebody else? No, it was, was somebody that else That prophetic here? word was the only word I'd received um, in South Africa about, you know, I would be in a church planting organization. I'd be speaking to thousands of people. I'd be using testimonies to change the world. Uh, you know, and this is all going to happen in Canada after buying your own house. And, and this was truly all just overwhelming. And, uh, everything started happening as the, the word said. Um, and you know, but at this point, Obviously, uh, I'd not encountered or I'd not joined any church planting movement or, you know, and I'm not speaking to thousands of people, but God started pursuing me in Canada. Had you been sharing at work, at your workplace, some of your experiences of getting out of South Africa at all? or I did not share too much at work. I just found it a bit of a cold place. Um, you know, faith wasn't something received very well. You know, when I asked people where they go to church, you know, at work, people looked at me like I was weird. And um, you found that di th that's different than in South Africa? Major different, yeah. it's Which is funny because we're supposedly a Christian <laughs> country, right? It shocked me, to be honest. Um, we are heavily influenced by uh, North American culture in, in the sense that um, a lot of the TV content we consume in South Africa is all from the States uh, or from Canada. And... Uh, you know, you watch movies and films and stuff. It just looks like, you know, er everyone, you know, worships God. Yeah. Um, you know, this is God's country and, you know, it's a Christian country. You, you expect everyone goes to church on Sundays, you know. And uh, when I arrived here, I was shocked, absolutely shocked to see that Canada is definitely not like the, the South in the States. You know, it's, it's not the Bible Belt. This is, this is a place that desperately needs God. Yeah. And of course, you're in Toronto. So very, at that time, very multicultural, very multi, yes, yes. multiple religions and stuff. Yeah. Very multicultural. If, in, if anything, I, I found that, um, um, I found that other faiths were very much bigger. You know, there seemed to be a huge Muslim uh, community that was thriving and uh, and that was natural or, or easier to talk you know about than Christianity you know I just found so many people that I encountered uh, didn't want to talk about faith or, or thought I was weird that I that I would go to church on Sunday and and that made me sad and then I started to realize oh my word of course God brought brought me in like there's there's a need here right but. I still didn't see the whole church planting thing. It didn't make sense to me. And every time I encountered someone like that, I, I ran from them. You know, I went to a conference. I went to a men's conference of about 2,000 people. It was a big conference uh, in Oakville. And uh, I think it was called the Harvest Conference. And someone invited me. And uh, the speakers were powerful, man. They were really speaking on, on incredible things and, and talking about identity again and... and, and uh, I was loving this and, and I really wanted to know where God, you know, saw a place for me to fit in, you know, yeah, in, in church because I was back in elevation serving wherever I could, but just still feeling empty. Like I have, I'm missing something. And, uh, 
at that conference, in fact, um, in one of the break sessions, I was drinking coffee and eating cookies. So I was strategically strategically placed by the coffee table. And uh, an old man saw me from across the room and, and it looked like he knew me. He saw me and just started, you know, pushing his way through the crowd to get to me. And uh, I was kind of laughing. It was quite funny to see how eager he was to get to me. And uh, when he arrived by me, uh, he started speaking to me and I realized I'm already South African. And uh, I didn't know how he knew me. It, it looked like he knew me. And he came over and just said, look, man, I don't know why, but God just told me to come and introduce myself. And I started to laugh. I'm like, wow, that's incredible. And and like, and you South African also, right? He's like, oh, my word, and you South African? I'm like, yes. And uh, he slipped me his business card. And he said, look, man, we don't have time to talk right now. We've got to go back into session. But uh, I don't know, man, God just put you on my heart. I think we should talk. And uh, I looked at his card and it said NAM, N-A-M-B. And it had his name. It wasn't very descriptive. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, Nam. I don't know what that is. I'll call him later. And uh, after the conference, I phoned him the next day. I was very intrigued to see what God wanted to uh, talk to me, you know, through the sky. And uh, we'd scheduled a time to meet for, for lunch. I had a lunch with this man. And uh, uh, I asked him what Nam was. And he said it's it stands for North American Mission Board. And I said, oh, okay what do you guys do? <laughs> and uh, to which he replied is, you know, we um, support uh, church planting ministries and, uh, you know, we, we, you know, we invest in planting churches and, and man, I tell you, Todd, I was, I was starting to feel a little uh, harassed by God. You know, I felt like, oh my word, another one. Are you kidding me? I couldn't wait to get out of that meeting. I just got out of there and uh, feel very guilty for it now, but I just could not wait to not speak to you. Like, I was terrified, right? Like, why is God doing this? I'm not the guy, you know? I'm not that guy. Oh, you're the guy. Totally the guy. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, I went home that afternoon feeling after that lunch with, with, this, with this, uh, this gentleman and... I was hmm, I was angry at God again, man. I was like, "Come on, are you are you really not going to find something else for me to do? Like, you know, give me something that makes sense. Like, this is so crazy. I know you do crazy things. You, you know, you use the smallest luck of people in your stories in the Bible, but like, this is wild." And I was really distressed by this. Um, I was carrying it like heavy, like a burden, and. Uh, We'd, we'd been living in Kitchener not very long, and I'd made a friend um, at church, at the new church we were attending, because we moved cities, and you know, I moved out of Burlington to Kitchener, and you know, we changed churches because it was too far to travel to Elevation. And in the new church, I made a friend. His name was Jeremy Dorton, and, uh, and uh, Jeremy saw this heaviness on me. He just saw something was bugging me. And, and um, you didn't know what he did. No, I just knew he was, I knew he was uh, a missionary. Like I thought he was the IM second uh, director of or some sort. I knew he was involved with IM second, but I did not know um, about E3 or the organization that Jeremy worked for. But he saw this heaviness on me and, and he asked me out for lunch. He's like, come, let's go and have lunch and, and talk about this. And uh, we went and had some sushi and, uh, 
I started to just share what was burdening me and I told him about this prophetic word and and uh, and you know how God had answered everything and now I'm in Canada and these church planting people are just like God keeps sending these people to me and they're like harassing me and like they don't want to leave me like God keeps sending them like I think I met about five guys that were involved in church planting randomly you know and then Jeremy started to laugh and 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 started to you know, chuckled to himself across the, the table from me. And and I'm looking at this guy thinking, what are you laughing at, dude? Like, I'm pouring my heart out to you. And he laughs. And he says, Sean, he's like, do you know what I do? <laughs> I said, um, not really. I know you're a, a missionary. Like, you, I am second, uh, the videos and stuff. And he said to me, no. No, I mean, yes, that's something our, our ministry does, but I work for E3, uh, E3 Canada. And I'm like, E3, what does that mean? Like, what does that stand for? And he says, evangelize, equip, and establish. And I said, establish what? He says, the local church. I said, I'm a church planting missionary. I just, you know, I just, I went silent like this and just deflated. And he's still laughing. And I just said, look, Lord, if you would, I mean, the only friend I have in Kitchener, that, and if you would make him uh, a church planting missionary to pursue me, this is starting to sound like this angel story, right? Like this is getting crazy now. And so I just decided in that moment, look, if this is truly what you want to do with me, then you've got my attention. I'm going to listen. And I just told Jeremy on the spot, I said, look, man. I don't know how God's going to use me for something like this. This is crazy. I don't know the first thing about any of this. Uh, and Jeremy laughed and said, look, dude, you're going to join us as a volunteer. You're going to just get a taste for it. Like if this is, you know, it, you're going to be great. You're going to, you're going to love doing this. And I started serving with that E3 team as, as a volunteer and then God would just take my heart and uh, completely change it, like gave me a hunger and an excitement for for serving Todd in in E three um, to the point that I just didn't want to do anything else. It really affected my work. Um, it affected my secular job very, very much. I just did not want to do anything else. You, another prayer answered, right? You yeah. wanted to know. Yeah, it's one more box ticked off of this prophetic word, you know, and uh, and God has just continued to pursue me and pursue me. And uh, so you quit your job. You eventually you you volunteered for a time and then you quit your job. Well, that's a longer story. I actually ended up um, wrestling with. Ah, oh, God gave me this job. Is it irresponsible to resign this this? job the secular job that god gave me this was a gift from god you know um looking also for security you know i came from south africa where we really struggled you know am i really going to give up my security for you know uh you know a hobby <laughs> which it felt like something like you know i was doing part-time on the weekends um but i think god also knew man what kind of a place i was in and uh i eventually um 
had a, I actually had an accident. I, I actually fell down some stairs. I tripped over, <laughs> tripped over our cat. It's the craziest story. I tripped over our cat and uh, uh, broke my tailbone um, pretty severely. And uh, uh, the injury itself was irreversible. Like it was something that um, did not heal and uh, and caused me extreme pain. You know, you know, when sitting for a long time, and uh, that would eventually start affecting my job very negatively because. Uh, I was a sales guy for a major construction company called Hilti, and, and that was my job to drive around and uh, service um, uh, construction companies. And uh, it was a real problem for me to to sit for long periods of time. And so um, I was forced on medical leave, uh, which is which is what I which is what I'm doing right now. I'm I'm actually in rehabilitation right now while I'm fully recovering, um, mm. you know, from this injury. And um, I'm serving uh, in this ministry role. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, long term, I don't think I'll ever be able to go back to doing a job where I'm driving all day because uh, this injury won't permit it. But um, I'm comfortable with that because I'm happy in a way. It seems like God almost took that away from me in order to prepare me for something bigger and something better. Yeah, And so... Um, I've gotten into the the role um, as the um, leader for I am Second in Canada, and uh, and that's what I'm doing now. We're busy preparing to launch um, I am Second in Canada. Um, it's a U.S. ministry, a predominantly U.S. Um, we've got one expansion in Canada and another expansion, believe it or not, in South Africa. Wow! Our first two international uh, expansions, and. Um, yeah, I'm second in the U.S. is very excited about branching out, you know, into neighboring countries and internationally, you know, in South Africa. And uh, um, super excited about bringing a Canadian voice, you know, to this uh, international ministry and uh, doing some work with, uh, with, with local Canadians and sharing some of their testimonies of how God's worked in, in their lives and... Uh, yeah, we, we're doing some really exciting stuff. We'll be uh, talking soon about introducing the very first I Am Second podcast, which um, which we're excited to launch as well. But, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Which brings me back to the the next box, which God's ticking, you know, because I couldn't see a way where I'd be serving in this ministry, speaking to thousands of people. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a gifted preacher. I'm not a, I'm not a Stephen Furtick or a mega pastor. Um, and so that was still confusing to me. I just didn't know where, where God would get that part of my vision, you know, how he would give that to Renee. I, I didn't see it. But, um, after joining the team, um, in the role of, of, of I am second, um, and this podcast opportunity that's becoming available. Um, well, that's clearly where, you know, God can use, use me in, in creating, content you know for a podcast that would speak to you know thousands and thousands of people so yeah. it's just this beautiful picture of of god giving me the answer to my you know to my prayer what do you want me to do what am i doing what can you give me tell me what my calling is okay it's my child you, you i'm gonna tell you but you're not gonna understand it you know fully until i start to reveal it to you in my time you know and uh 
and that's what he's done. It's it's been like slowly peeling an onion and uh, and getting down through the layers and preparing me, um, you know, in every single season, you know, beautifully, uh, and, and and really having me <laughs> prepared so that I'm fully equipped before I do, you know do what he's called me to do. Otherwise, I think if you just thrown everything on a table in front of me I just would have run from it for the rest of my life yeah but um but he really has taken his time you know and uh and I've learned so many lessons in this you know in this journey I've learned that I just have to be patient because he's not a god of secrets he's not keeping it a secret you know you know to you know to entertain him he's keeping it He's keeping it covered until it's uh, a right to 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 be revealed. You know, he's preparing me in every season for e- each and every step, and uh, and I'm feeling more confident right now than I ever have that everything we are doing is 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 God. You know, working through us and and opening each door when it needs to be opened, and uh, and and that's the beautiful, exciting thing about this journey. You know that we're on. You know we're in fundraising mode right now. We're raising support for for us to be able to go uh, and do this full time, mm. and uh, and we're fully focused on on doing that. And uh, yeah, so that's awesome. <laughs> exciting times ahead. Yeah, that's an incredible story, man. Sean, I I really thank you um, for coming and sharing that story. That's a really powerful story appreciate that um i look forward to hanging out with you and and chatting with you some more i wish you all all kinds of i don't know that luck but that just god really uses the the upcoming what you're looking into with i am second um and your story your story really made me profoundly think of you know the message of the gospel is reconciliation to the father that he's trying Amen. to reconcile us. Amen. Right. Um, and that Jesus was the sacrifice to open the door for us to be reconciled. Um, and it's really interesting how you were s- separated from him, but for a time you were separated from your wife, you were separated from your child mm. and he reconciled you guys as a family, which in turn reconciled you to him Mm. it's uh it's really really powerful and such truth of the lord Mm. so again man thank you so much for coming and sharing that story with us thanks for listening to the show everyone um you can check out some of these stories you can check out iamsecond.com which is a division of E3 Ministry, and you can check that out at e3ministry.ca. If you YouTube I Am Second, you can see hundreds of testimonies from different people, celebrities, musicians, race car, sports drivers, sports car drivers, all that kind of stuff. I'd like to uh, thank Pearl Limas on media, Jordan Cooper on technical, you can check us out at disciplicity.ca. We're on Facebook. We're on the Instagram. I hope Sean's story really encouraged you to seek God in your journey. And please reach out to us. We'd like to help you capture that journey. 
On behalf of Disciple of City, I'm Todd Carlton. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.